Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. When we talk about news events here on the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 The Answer, we're always viewing them through a biblical prism. I understand many of you may not have the same faith that I do, but I'd be less than honest with you if I didn't tell you that that's how I view things, and that's my standard. And our next guest is someone who has the same standard. He is Rick Hughes. Rick is the host of The Flotline, which airs here on The Answer every Sunday at 8 a.m. Rick is based in Alabama, and he's written a new book called Christian Problem Solving. Rick, I'm anxious to get a hold of it. Uh, Good luck with it. Uh, Tell me what motivated you to write the book. Well, Bruce, thank you for having me on WTOH there in Columbus, Ohio, and thanks to all the listeners that tune in to hear our Flatline radio show on Sunday mornings. This is not the only book we've written. We've written several books. Uh, One thing unique about our material is we don't sell it. We don't charge. We're not trying to hustle up finances or money, not asking people to give or join anything. We just want to give accurate information that will help people verify and identify God's plan for their life. If they'd like to orient and adjust to the plan, then they can do it on their own. But uh, Christian Problem Solving is a compilation of my radio shows dealing with 10 unique problem-solving devices that God gave us so that we can keep the outside sources of adversity from ever becoming the inside source of stress. You know, Rick, as I look at our world today, uh, what I see is there's now this open disdain for the things of God. And as I grew up in the 19. 19- 60s, uh, even among the people who didn't have a strong faith, there was always a respect for God, and and they esteemed people and those of us who did have faith and who ordered our lives that way. There wasn't this open hostility toward it, and as I look at our culture and how it's deteriorating, I don't think it's an accident that as our hostility toward God has escalated, uh, you know, our uh, departure from the way He likes uh, or He likes and demands us to live our lives has uh, has gone in the opposite direction. Well, you're exactly right. We, uh, we're in the middle of an angelic conflict, and I use that term. I hope you can understand that. But we don't belong in this world. We're sojourners. We're just passing through. We happen to live in the United States of America, which is recognized as a client nation for God because we are a haven for the Jew. We disseminate the gospel around the world. We keep the Word of God here, teach it. And so Satan hates that. And he's doing everything he can to destroy this nation because this nation in its best would represent Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. So we're kind of in a fog today, F-O-G. I call it failure of spiritual leadership, open rebellion in the streets, and God's word being rejected. So in regards to that, everything that used to be called evil has turned out to be good today, and everything that used to be good is now evil. You can see that. You know what I'm talking about. Certainly immorality, a lot of other things out there. And I know these are things you talk about on your radio program. Our guest is Rick Hughes. He hosts the Flotline 
8 a.m. Saturdays here on 98.9 The Answer. Rick, a lot of people ask me about the title of your radio show. What is the flatline? Tell people what it is and where that term comes from. Well, this is a phrase that my very own pastor coined years ago. He pastored his church for 53 years in Houston, Texas. And Flot, he was in the military. He retired as a full colonel in the United States Army Air Corps. Flot stands for Forward Line of Troops, F-L-O-T. And he developed this concept that I'm teaching called the 10 problem-solving devices that act as a forward line of troops or a main line of resistance. And if you learn them and use them, this is nothing new. This is not some new breakthrough. This is age-old biblical doctrines. But if you learn them and use them, then you can stop the outside sources of adversity from becoming the inside source of stress. He always used to say adversity is inevitable. Stress is optional because adversity is what circumstances do to you, and stress is what you do to yourself. It's a great point. Rick Hughes is our guest. His book is Christian Problem Solving. Tell people how they can get a hold of it, Rick. Well, our book is available through our website, rickhughesministries.org. That's rickhughesministries.org. And they can go to the website and order the book free of charge. We'll be glad to ship it out to them. It's sort of like a telephone book. It's not a small book. It's like a small telephone book and uh, has about 100 pages in it. And as I said, it's a transcript of various radio shows where I taught each one of these 10 problem-solving devices on the radio show. I'm very interested in leadership training and uh, particularly those that are based on biblical principles. So I am going to get your book and I want to read it. I start my day just a little window into who I am. I start my day every day with uh, a chapter from the Bible in Proverbs and then some other Bible reading too. But I, I find a great wisdom in Proverbs. And if I read that chapter that corresponds to the date of the month, Proverbs 1 on the first of the month, Proverbs 2 on the second of the month, and so on. As I do that month after month after month, I find that those principles sort of soak into me. Uh, tell us a little bit about these 10 principles that you're talking about in your book, Christian Problem Solving. Well, when I played ball at Alabama, uh, we had a process, and you had to learn the process. If you didn't learn the process, I don't care how big you were, how talented you were, how fast, how good-looking, you were not going to play football for Barry Bryant if you didn't understand the process. And I think God has a process, too. And this is about understanding the process of how the Christian life actually works. When you use the term spiritual life, a lot of people don't really know what that's talking about when I say spiritual life. And uh, there's a difference between your spiritual life and your physical life. And, you know, when God put Adam in the garden, he gave him a job. He said, tend to this garden and name those animals. Well, God gave you and I a job, and that is to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not easy to grow. It takes work. It takes us being dedicated to learn some things and apply some things into our life. One of the things that I cite in Proverbs I'd like to recommend to you is Proverbs chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. I call them the Fantastic Four. And here it is. For wisdom will enter your heart, knowledge will be pleasant to your soul, discretion will guard you, and understanding will watch over you. Wisdom, knowledge, discretion, and understanding. Without that, we really don't have a clue what's going on in the process. So the process starts with, what do you do with sin? And you know the answer to that. When you sin, what do you do? You, you repent. your sin. Sure. Yeah. We call that rebound, like bounce out, bounce back, bounce out, bounce back. And the verse we use is 1 John 1, 9. 
if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all wrongdoing. That handles the problem of sin. Each one of these ten problem-solving devices handle a problem. So the book is called Christian Problem Solving. It is written by Rick Hughes. Rick is the host of The Flatline, which airs here on 98.9 The Answer at 8 a.m. every Sunday. You can obtain the book for free by requesting it at Rick Hughes Ministries, plural, dot O-R-G, Christian Problem Solving. Rick, thanks so much for telling us about your book, for sharing from your heart, for the work that you do on The Flatline. We look forward to your program this week, and I look forward to getting the book. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Thanks to Rick Hughes for joining us. Make sure you check out his program, The Flyline, on our sister station, AM880. Anthony Fauci joined the uh, Hugh Hewitt extravaganza this morning. Hugh will be in town on October the 24th. I'm looking forward to meeting Hugh. Had a nice interview with him. About a week ago, Hugh will be here for the American Leadership Forum, a night with the Senate Republican candidates. You can get tickets. Not only you can, you should get tickets. Join us at Genoa in Westerville, October the 24th. All the Republican Senate candidates will be on the dais, seated, listening to each other, answer questions from Hugh Hewitt. Now, it will be an interesting format in that J.D. Vance will be up there, Josh Mandel will be up there, Jane Timken, Bernie Moreno, Mike Gibbons, Matt Dolan, six of them. Tim Ryan is invited. Hugh Hewitt thinks he's going to be able to get the Democrat from the Youngstown area to come. I don't think Tim Ryan will come. We'll see. He's welcome. We'll see. But Hugh will be talking to the candidates one-on-one. So let's say five minutes with Josh Mandel while the other five contenders sit there and listen, roll their eyes, react. So you need to be in the room, not just to hear what's going on, because we'll have a live broadcast of it here on 989 The Answer, but you won't get the body language by listening to it on our program. It's one of the very few times I'll tell you that uh, you can get the full experience only by being in the room where the event happens. So get your tickets at 989theanswer.com, sponsored by the Center for Christian Virtue and The Answer. I'm really looking forward to it. You know mask mandate conversation will come up. You know vaccine mandate conversation will come up. Uh, It'll be interesting to capture the nuance that night. Josh Mandel, in the one poll that I've seen, has a mm, significant lead right now. Uh, I'm very surprised that more people in the state of Ohio don't know about Bernie Moreno so far. I've asked Bernie Moreno about that. He says he's polling right where he expected to be at this juncture. So we're a long way, more than a year away uh, from the actual election, but uh, the primary is coming up in May. So there has to be decisions made by you, by other voters, who you're going to vote for. And you'll get no better clarity than you'll get on the night of October the 24th when you buy your tickets to a night with the candidates, the American Leadership Forum. Aaron Bear of CCV, Hugh Hewitt, will handle the uh, duties And I will certainly be there, and I would look forward to greeting you that night. Now, Hugh, this morning, had Dr. Anthony Fauci on his show. And it was an amazing interview in that Hugh Hewitt is a vaccine advocate. Uh, Some of you have said to me, 
I'm not really uh, too happy about the way Hugh is beating me over the head every day with the necessity to get vaccinated, the necessity to get a booster. Hugh said today he got a booster. He's adamant about the uh, value of the vaccines. That's fine. It's free country. He can make his own pronouncement about himself. I would lighten up on telling other people to do it. But this is something I mentioned, not to underscore a difference of opinion that I have with Hugh Hewitt, but to indicate that Hugh Hewitt is on board with the case Anthony Fauci is making. Yet, Hugh Hewitt also had today the courage to say some very plain things to Anthony Fauci about the fact that Fauci may have reached the point where he is an impediment to the actions he is advocating other people take. Do you trust Anthony Fauci? Likely no. Yeah, I know there are people who buy, you know, St. Fauci candles and believe that the sun rises and the moon sets on his backside. But uh, Anthony Fauci, I don't think expected Hugh Hewitt to come at him as hard as he did today. Listen to this exchange. I've not heard anybody ask Anthony Fauci this, and I don't think he thought Hugh Hewitt was going to ask him this. You ought to respond to it and say, Mr. President, I think my time is up as a successful and effective spokesperson. You know, with all due respect to, to you, Hugh, who I, who I do respect you and your intellect, I just completely disagree with that premise because there are an awful lot of people who do listen, who do the right thing from a public health standpoint. So because there are a lot of people who have ideas about conspiracies and, and changing minds and flip-flopping, that's not a reason to step down, not at all. The problem is Fauci didn't trust the American people to put other people first. So when the pandemic began, either out of ignorance or I think it was a, as he calls it, noble lie to tell people, no, you don't need to wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. A mask doesn't help. It's silly to wear a mask. Okay, well, that was something we all wondered about. When he said it, we were like, well, this guy's the guy. He's been there for 30 years and he must know he's an immunologist. I'm not wearing a mask. The minute he came back and said, now you need to wear a mask. In fact, you need to wear two masks. <laughs> he lost all credibility. Hugh Hewitt asked him about that, and Anthony Fauci pleaded the, well, it's an ever-changing virus. Okay, okay. I get that. I can sympathize even on that, that it is an ever-changing virus. But what has not changed is Anthony Fauci and his unwillingness, his complete intractability to ever say three little words that would have positioned him in a much different light with the American people. What are those three little words? I was wrong. I was wrong. If he had said, I was wrong about masks, I was wrong to mask kids. Or, here's a study that proves masks work. 
I was wrong never to accentuate natural immunity. I was wrong to insinuate or make people feel that they're less than because they don't believe what all the health professionals are telling them. I was wrong. But you cannot plead the ever-changing virus. That's why we've changed our stance. That's why it's different now. That's why when I said fully vaccinated was two doses, and now I say fully vaccinated is three doses. You can't continually come back in any situation in life, not just this one. You cannot continually come back to people and tell them that, well, yeah, but things change, things change, things change, without also adding, I was wrong. I was wrong, and here's why I was wrong. The American people are forgiving people. We are predisposed to give people second, third, fourth chances. But you got to ask. You got to act like you are sorry. You are contrite. You wish you had not misled or insulted or insinuated that people are not as smart as you are. Because they remember what you said when what you said is opposite of what you're saying now. So Hugh Hewitt came back at him about how useful his resignation might prove to be. And Anthony Fauci's answer to Hugh Hewitt here shows you that Anthony Fauci's first and foremost concern is not completing the mission that he claims he is on with such noble intent. Anthony Fauci's primary mission is to preserve the fiefdom of Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, I actually agree. I I got the booster. I'm Mr. Vaccine. I get the same kind of heat you do. And so what I'm saying, though, is there comes a point where it is simply a matter of fact that Tony Fauci in the era of social media is different than Tony Fauci at the beginning of HIV and If a new face for the program developed, we would see an increase in vaccines and an increase in booster use. So if that data is presented to you, that more people would get vaccinated if you left the scene, would you leave the scene? Uh, Hugh, I think that is a completely false narrative that people are not getting vaccinated because of me. I am very sorry. I've told you I've known you a long time and I respect you, but I totally reject that people are not getting vaccinated because of me. Are you kidding me, Hugh? Come on. Aaron, do you think Anthony Fauci will ever go on the Hugh Hewitt show ever again after Hugh hit him with those two questions about resigning? He may. Yeah. I I mean, think he's going to take a little break. (laughs) He may need Hugh in the future. I applaud Hugh for asking those questions, because here's the thing. This is what's rare about Hugh Hewitt. This is what's rare about any journalist. Hugh Hewitt believes vaccines are not just good. He believes they're great. Okay, so A, that's the strength of our assortment of opinions on the station. I don't happen to share his opinion on that. But... He makes a case vastly different than Mike Gallagher or Seb Gorka or some of the other hosts here. Certainly a much different case than I do. But the fact that he's on board with Fauci, but he'll still ask Fauci the tough question, knowing it imperils Fauci's future appearances on his show, shows you that Hugh Hewitt's loyalty is to who? To you, the listener. 
because he's asking the question that needs to be asked and that you want asked. Who's Anthony Fauci's loyalty to? You notice when Hugh Hewitt asked him, if you could come to understand that you are an impediment to people getting the vaccine, which is what you're supposed to be first and foremost concerned with, would you then, if you were, and Fauci won't even hear it. He won't even say, yeah, somebody could show me like data. Somebody could show me uh, polling. If somebody could, if I heard from other people, if I got a sense of that, and yeah, I'd consider that. He won't even consider it. He won't. He's not open to it. He doesn't want to listen. And that shows you that his agenda is first and foremost as Anthony Fauci. It just is. So that's where we are with it. Uh, One of our callers early in the show said, my body, my choice. I'm hesitant to embrace an abortion talking point as a vaccine or an anti-vaccine talking point. But... I can. I can embrace that. Uh, we had a big hoo-ha down on the uh, statehouse grounds yesterday from abortion wackos who are preaching the my body, my choice thing. It is not your body I care about. It is the body of that baby inside you. And if I could get in there and ask them their choice, I bet it would be not to be murdered by you. 